Hello, world. 2024, eh? I'm Greg Patton. This is news, information, and comment, and we're going to do it in just a minute. Well, later on in the show, going to tell you why this day, 46 years ago, changed my life forever. It was so great. Going into 1974, what the Bible describes in 2 Corinthians 5.17 as a new creature in Christ. And I thank God for 16-year-old Kevin Mitchell invited me to church. Have you done that recently? I mean, invited someone to church and they trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better than that. Other than your own salvation experience, seeing someone else come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You, you haven't done that today. Let's go into 2024, a new creature. Ask God to forgive you of your sins, invite Jesus Christ into your life, and start an adventure that, oh, is beyond belief. Get saved today. What in the world is going on? Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. <laughs> 50 Years ago today, we started out this new life in Jesus Christ. I-74 Baptist Church. Has it been that many years? What an adventure. Thank you, Lord. Bad, bad New Year's in Japan. Braced itself for 16-foot swells, the smashing into the coast there after experiencing a series of very powerful earthquakes that sparked Tsunami warnings in three other nations. The country is dealing with the destructive wake with at least 30 quakes as emergency services battle to save people who are buried alive, control a major fire, and prepare for unexpected landslides. How awful. A quick succession of dozens of earthquakes struck Japan's main island of Honshu today, the worst being a 7.6 magnitude that hit at 4.10 p.m., the quakes triggered urgent tsunami alerts with officials warning that waves could be as high as 16 feet in some places. Pray for Japan. Life's happenings can be strange. A dive team down in Florida near Disney World claimed they found the body of a woman who went missing 11 years ago. Sunshine State Sonar said their search teams located the body of Sandra Lemire, submerged in a van in a pond near Disney World. The group posted photos and videos of the van being pulled out of the pond. According to police, Lemire was last seen, leaving her grandma's home in Orlando in 2012. On her way to Kissimmee to meet a man she'd met online, she did a lot, dating service there. She was last seen leaving a Kissimmee restaurant and driving her grandmother's 2004 red van. You might be asking, what was he thinking? The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department released body camera footage on Friday showing a deputy sheriff shooting and killing a woman who had called 911 over the alleged domestic violence situation with her boyfriend. What? Deanna Finnelson, 27, called deputies to her apartment to, due to an alleged domestic violence incident. Finnelson had said on the call that her boyfriend was refusing to leave her house. When the three deputies arrived at the apartment... The woman opened the front door, holding a large kitchen knife, and said she was going to stab her boyfriend for allegedly hurting her nine-year-old daughter. Her daughter was standing next to her and appeared to tell deputies that the man had just punched and pushed her. Deputy Ty Shelton shot Fingelson four times, 
with roughly three seconds after entering the apartment, as evidenced in body camera footage, Sheldon had asked another deputy for her taser right before entering the apartment and was holding the taser in one hand, the gun in the other. It did not appear that any of the three deputies at the scene used any other weapons or de-escalation tactics before Shelton fired his gun. The boyfriend screamed out, No, 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 why did you shoot her? The woman's dad said, Why in the world didn't they use a taser instead of shooting a 110-pound woman? You just pull your gun out like she's some dog on the street and shoot her? Sheldon's shooting of Fennelson was not his first. He killed a 61-year-old Michael Thomas on June 11, 2020, while responding to a call of alleged domestic violence. That man was unarmed. Another side of terror and trouble. What does it cost you? Just a portion of the University of Idaho quadruple murder suspect Brian Kohlberger's defense has cost taxpayers more than $270,000 so far. The family of Brian, the family of Brian Laundry, the Florida man who killed his fiance Gabby Petito and left her in a Wyoming wilderness, paid twenty-five thousand dollars to an elite law firm before the public even knew that she was missing. Laundry had New York lawyer Steve Bertolino working pro bono and killed himself in a swamp before authorities even obtained a warrant on debit card fraud charges. Those are just a fraction of what the defense in a major murder case can cost if it goes to trial, said David Gelman, founder of a large defense firm based in Philadelphia. O.J. Simpson paid an estimated $6 million for his dream team defense during his trial in the 90s, which won him acquittals on two murder charges. For a murder trial, you're going to be looking at least $100,000 just for the trial. The taxpayers picking up the bill for most of these. Gonna be the worst ever. Still excited about 2024? <laughs> Financial experts. Gonna be the worst ever in the United States. Fake President Joe Biden increasingly start telling an American led by former President Donald Trump in 2025 would be a dystopian dictatorship with American values constantly on the brink of constant collapse. The greatest threat Trump poses is our democracy, Biden said earlier this month at a fundraiser in Bethesda, Maryland. Because if we lose, we lose everything. What an absolute nutcase. Trump, who's used terms like vermin to describe his enemies and called 2024 the final battle, has said that if Biden wins a second term, Americans would no longer have a country. And the globe would quickly descend into a third world war. There you go. Happy 2024. Oh, I'll tell you. Can we scare you into voting for us, perhaps? Here's something scary for me. Another day without Christ? Hey, hell forever? You don't want that. Now that's scary. An Ohio prosecutor warned thieves that they should expect to be shot when targeting retail stores after indicting a smoke shop manager charged a connection with the fatal shooting of a teenager during an attempted robbery in Cincinnati earlier this year. Hamilton County Prosecutor Melissa Powers filed charges on Tuesday against Tony Thacker, manager of the VIP smoke shop in Delhi Township, for the October 20th shooting. A grand jury indicted him on eight counts, including five felony assault charges, tampering with evidence, and two counts of having weapons 
under disability as he was not permitted to possess a firearm due to a felony juvenile adjudication. Thacker, 29, who lived in the back of the smoke shop, emerged from the area just after 1 o'clock on October the 20th. The firearm and allegedly shot a number of suspects who had broken into the store. Again, the bad guys are somehow the good guys. It's a crazy, mixed-up new America. I mean, I get, I get the law. Don't you understand what's going on here? But see, it would be good that you are right with the law and you get killed by the bad guys. Going to be talking about it more than just today. Coming up with Southwest Radio Church Watchman on the Wall, we're going to be talking to Dr. James Bachman, his book on suicide. More people do that. Take their own life between Thanksgiving and Christmas more than any other time. Well, it happened in New York. A sergeant with the Bronxville Police Department, which is located at the suburb of New York City, killed his wife and his two sons, 10 and 12, in a murder-suicide over the weekend. The bodies of Watson Morgan, 49, his wife, Ornella, 43, and their sons, found with gunshot wounds in their nearby New City, New York home late Friday after he didn't show up for work at the Clarkston Police Department. They say at this phase of the investigation, it's believed that Watson killed his wife and two kids prior to killing himself with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. How sad. Investigators believe that four men who were found dead inside a suburban Denver home on Tuesday died as a result of murder-suicide. And from the poorest to the richest, Massachusetts, $7 million, 19,000-square-foot home of a 49-year-old man, 43-year-old wife, an 18-year-old daughter. The scene of murder, suicide. Crosses society from A to Z, doesn't it? Rich, the poor, and in between. Suicide. So what do you know, Joe? What's the big plans for 2024? How are you going to... <laughs> Oh, get us back to where we need to be. What are your plans? I guess that's what we're asking. Fake President Sleepy Joe Biden revealed his New Year's resolution for 2024 was to come back next year. The New York Times reported on Sunday as the president gears up for what is expected to be a competitive election year. That's it. The outlet reported that Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill ate dinner at a restaurant at St. Croix in the Virgin Islands on Saturday, where the president revealed shortly afterwards that his resolution was to I'll be back next year. That's great. The Bidens, while on vacation in St. Croix, attended a mass on Saturday and, and taped an interview with Ryan Seacrest that was aired during Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. That's the biggest one right now, Biden said. When asked if he had any New Year's resolutions, just to come back next year. Good grief, Charlie Brown. And the White House is wondering, why are the president's, the fake president's ratings so very low? Yeah. Thoughts from here, there, and everywhere? You know, the devil wouldn't be attacking you so hard if there wasn't something valuable inside of you. Thieves don't break into empty houses. Think about it. I was first born to die, and then born to live eternally. Let us bless God and be full of lowly wonder. Charles Haddon Spurgeon On the light side, I never called you stupid, but when I ask you to spell orange and you ask me the fruit or the color, the whole thing kind of caught me off guard.
Okay, where is it? Where's my Bible? Life 101. Right after this. Just joining us. This is Hello World. I'm Greg Patton. Thanks for being here today. I want to take a little extra time and share with you, if I might, just briefly, our conversion story. So it's my birthday, really the most important birthday, the day of salvation. It all started 50 years ago today. I had planned in my head that I was going to go to a New Year's Eve party at a little Baptist church in Acton, Indiana. I think that community to this day only has 50 people in it. And this was a little independent Baptist church. But a friend had invited me, a a teenage friend, Kevin Mitchell. I nearly lost my job. Now, get this. In October of that year, our station, WNAP Indianapolis, Indiana, 50,000-watt rock station, was voted number one in rock in the country. Yeah. And I was the number one jock at the station, the evening dynamo, if you will, General Billy Patton. Wow, what a time that was. And uh, despite all of the claim and fame, and oh, I had all kinds of dreams of going into having a, a talk show, being a David Letterman type. While I was on the radio in Indianapolis, David Letterman was a weatherman in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, everybody wants off New Year's Eve to go get drunk, high, whatever is happening, have a big party. I wanted to go to church, and they did not believe me. But I kind of gave him an ultimatum. I mean, when you're number one at number one in the country, you got a little power. You got a little leverage. I just said, hey, I'd like to get off early. I want to go to this service starting at 8 o'clock on New Year's Eve. And, uh, well, they let me off. I don't think my wife even believed me. I've been such a bad guy my entire life. But was uh, managed to get there. And it was it was so strange. This place was full. And you got to understand, here I am, the long-haired, weird-looking guy with the high heel shoes. I'm 5'10", but back then I was 6'1", and I was so much into the world. And, and so I went to this church service, and it, it, it was exciting. I remember all the people looking at me a little bit different. But see, I was special. Drove there in my Corvette, and I was Mr. Cool. What on earth happened? I don't know. I know that it started at Christmas that season, that uh, just things stirring in my heart and mind. I couldn't put two and two together properly, and I didn't know what was happening. I now believe with all of my heart, obviously, it was the Holy Spirit of God wooing me, got me out of this bad city of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and all the friends and wild times and wild people I associated with here to get me down to Indianapolis where I knew no one. And it was just Sharon and I out there in that five-bedroom home on the river outside of Acton, Indiana. Back to this story. I go to this church service. They had a movie on the authenticity of the Bible. It was fantastic. From Moody Bible Institute on how no one has ever disproven the Word of God and every fine archaeological find proves further that the Bible is true. And, and I'm watching that, but I tell people, here's what happened to me. I'm kind of watching that, but I'm watching in my mind the life and times of Greg Patton that so changed back when I was 14 years of age and my dad in a drunken driving incident killed a man and how the whole world seemed to turn against the Patton family at that time and it was survival of the fittest and I guess we just walked through all kinds of things. It was all about me, 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 me and uh, I just wanted to survive and, and it got really good. 
I've shared before, at 18, I became the youngest television newsman ever in the state of Indiana. I mean, on the air daily at 18, doing news stories here at WPTA, the ABC affiliate in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, it went on from that. And then a disc jockey, Chris O'Brien, here at WLYV, the number one rock station in Fort Wayne. That went well. But my life went crazy. Smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. Drinking till I'd come home drunk and throwing up blood and... What was I doing with my life? And forgot where I lived half the time. I just didn't come home. My wife, on more than one occasion, had considered perhaps divorce would be best. Well, she didn't. She hung right in there, bless her heart. And uh, I think we're on our coming up to our 53rd wedding anniversary. And we dated seven years before that. Oh, how has she hung in there that long? That, too, is another story. Well, back to the big night. So here I am in this church watching this uh, movie. And and by the way, Kevin Mitchell, because the fact that he knew General Billy Patton, had invited over a dozen of his friends to come see the disc jockey. That was really tough because I was sitting in the back row and these teenagers are all around me. You got to put on the show, right? I was 27 years old. and And so just prior to the Midnight hour, the pastor begins to give his message, and and he hit an important point to me. I've always had demarcation points in my life. Starting the new year, we're going to do this, just like you make New Year's resolutions. And, And so he said, wouldn't it be great to go into 1974 with everything in your past cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, talking about all of those sins, and I have been very bad. So that sounded good. If that could happen, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, it doesn't, but wouldn't it be nice if it could? That's what I was thinking at the time. And so we got up to the midnight hour, and he did a quick run-through there of the Romans Road and, and, and gave the invitation and asked if there was anyone in the congregation. And there was a lot of people. That little church was filled that night. Nobody raised their hand when he asked if they'd like to be saved and go to heaven. And it just seemed like the invitation went on forever. I thank God that it did. Because at one point, he said, no one here tonight, no one in this audience tonight that would like to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And in a meek, cowardly fashion, in some ways, I just kind of waved at half-staff to him. He didn't see it. I thought, boy, this guy's got all kinds of problems. He's a Southerner. I wasn't a big fan of Southerners. He's overweight. I uh, exercised a lot and jogged two miles a day, so I wasn't so excited about that. I mean, all the negatives coming, God can do that. He can break through everything. I just raised my hand. I remember Myron Young, who has since become a good friend. Myron Young saying, I see that hand, young man. What? I'm the only one. Man, I yanked that hand down. I thought, I got to get out of here. Do whatever you got to do. I got to get out of here, go home and think about what has been happening to me the last uh, uh, couple of weeks and why I'm in this church service and why I just raised my hand, had no idea what was to come. He said, you, sir, that raised your hand, you need to get up out of your seat. You need to move the center aisle. Someone's going to meet you, sir, and show you from the word of God how you can be saved. Oh, that was, you have no idea how hard this was. I was a very, very proud man. Teenagers all around me. I know they got their heads bowed, but they don't have their eyes closed. And when I get up, they're going to see my, well, my slick blue high heel shoes. And they're going to see me walk past them, try to scoot by. It's a little church, really tight. I did it. I just said, if this is real, if this is real, I can really have my 
past cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, then I got to do this. Rollin Smith, he was a first-year student at Tennessee Temple. He met me. We made our way to the pastor's office. What a glorious time that was. I started talking to him about all kinds of things. If I really do this thing, do I have to stop smoking? Have to stop drinking? I have to get my hair cut? Uh, can I still play rock music? I mean, I went through this whole thing, and he just he did a very good job. He got that aside, and so let's get to the basics here. And he showed me from the Word of God. He took the Bible and showed me how I was a sinner. He went through clearly the Romans road. And that last verse there, Romans ten thirteen, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then moving to Romans ten nine and 10, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Would you like to pray, sir? He said, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as Savior? I certainly consented to that. And he said, well, you know, I can, if you're nervous here, I can and pray and lead you in the sinner's prayer. And that last little bit of pride welled up there. And I thought, who does this guy think I am? I talk to 144,000 teenagers faithfully listen to me every night. I think I can talk to God in this pastor's office in front of you, sir. What happened? I couldn't pray. He said, I'll just agree with you, sir. Go ahead. I couldn't do it. I couldn't pray. I began to cry. My dad taught me. You only cry if you're hit over the head with a tube before. Real men don't cry. So uh, I told him, I, I can't do this. He said, it's in your heart, right? You want to do that? I said, I do. With that, he said, I will just pray. And you, from your heart, you just pray with me and, and echo my words, which I did. I know without a doubt. It was just as real to me as if I was praying alone. I echoed his words, and I asked God to forgive me of my sins, and I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. So it's the big golden anniversary, 50 years. So here we are, starting out a, another brand new year, maybe your last. What would keep you from doing it today, from accepting Jesus Christ as Savior? What's keeping you from doing that? I was Mr. Awful in just about every way. And, of course, those stories get a lot of attention. My life story is going around the world four times on the worldwide broadcast called Unshackled out of Chicago. Listen, anybody, anybody can be saved anywhere, anytime. Are you willing today to say yes to Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you of your sins? Wouldn't it be great to go into 2020, a new creature in Christ? You know it would. This life's not working for you. No, not the way you're going now. You need to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Just bow your head and just ask Him, Father, forgive me of my sins. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I know that I am lost and hell-bound without Jesus Christ. I want you to forgive me of my sins, Father, and I, I ask you to do that. Forgive me of my sins, and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Wow, what a great way to enter the new year, my friend. Need more information? Get in touch with this local station. Get in touch with me. Hello World Radio at gmail.com. Go to gregpatton.com. Contact me. Message me at my Facebook page, Greg Patton. I'd love to share more with you. I'd love to hear your story. Oh, yes. And finally, those New Year's resolutions. For me, it was always uh, stop smoking back in the old days. And, uh, diet, lose a lot of weight. Here's what a, a new diet for day one. Get rid of all the bad food in the house. It's going to be delicious. <laughs>
Oh, I don't know. It's a new year. We'll think up some new stuff for you. Thanks so much this New Year's Day for listening to Hello World. I'm Greg Patton. News, information, and comment. Hey, you want to hear a past program? WHCBRadio.org. Follow the links there at GregPatton.com. Join me on Facebook. I love friends. Lots of them in 2023. Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is. Monday, January the 1st, 2024. Here we come. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.